Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you figure out what makes you joyful. I really enjoyed my conversation with this week's guest because I learned so much by talking with her about her work. Kalpana Arias is among many other roles, a climate activist, an urban gardener, and the founder of Nowadays on Earth. She is working on making change in a bunch of different ways, and I got to talk with her about all of her work. I don't want to give away too much, so without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Kalpana Arias. So I'm Kalpana. I'm an urban gardener, uh, technologist, ecosomatics educator, and I'm also the founder of Nowadays on Earth, which is a social enterprise that's advocating for nature connection in the digital age and growing environmental justice, um, especially within areas um, that are deprived from nature. Um, and we're kind of doing that in a few different ways. Um, we sort of work with um, th three different stakeholder groups. Um, one is just the community and individuals that are a part of the local areas that we're trying to impact. Um, another one is uh, through urban designers, meaning architects, planners, um, uh, city developers, and policymakers. And then also um, within the more of the technological lens uh we're, we work with different kind of social technology companies um in order to kind of really incorporate uh both human and nature rights into the way that we design technologies and in the way that we're um kind of using them to interface between both the digital and the physical worlds um so that we're really um sort of creating a world that's based on sovereignty and justice that's a great background, and I'm really excited to be talking with you. So I would love to dive in deeper and have you tell me more about your background. Can you tell me more about the path that brought you to this point where you're doing all of this work now? Sure. Um, well, I feel like this path has just been one that's been um, going alongside my own personal journey and personal evolution. Um, I am Colombian. And I moved to Houston, Texas, when I was um, very young. And I think the very stark distinction between um, what Houston looked like at the time, this was um, early 2000s, compared to uh, Colombia and sort of like that lush greenery uh, landscape that I was used to seeing, it really made me go into like a really deep depression. But also um, I started experiencing a lot of um, psychosomatic issues in my body because of it. Um, and it sort of took a long time, um, I guess, to really go through that process. Um, but while I was in it, I sort of realized that um, my environment was really causing a lot of the issues that I was experiencing. And so that led me to like a lot of different somatic practices um, in order to understand my body more and understand how my body was connected to the environments that I was in. 
And so that sort of led me into gardening and into really bringing in those green spaces into urban environments. Um, so I started working with different kind of um, urban gardening organizations, but also regenerative agriculture, uh, farming um, in different spaces around the world, because um, I used to live well, I now live in the UK, um, but I used to live in India as well. Um, and that's sort of where kind of, I guess, my journey started both with gardening and sp with spirituality as well. Um, so the two kind of went coincidingly together. Um, and the more that I grew to experience my body more, the, the more that I realized the different kind of injustices that um, were surrounding this sort of oppression, both of the body, but of the earth and of our environments. Um, I, I really, really started seeing that within cities, um, especially in areas where there's not a lot of nature um, and, and also having grown up in that environment, really realizing like how that kind of made me be the person I was, which, you know, I, I also was really grateful for that experience because it led me to kind of fight for it and and want to like bring back those um green spaces uh, and make it make it more accessible in different ways so sorry i know i'm going like in loops and circles um but all in all i feel like the journey has sort of grown and developed very organically and and naturally and it just come about from a, a real sense of presence um as to you know, what I'm feeling, what I'm sensing in my body and what's being called for in this moment. Um, because the more that I get to know myself and, and my body and my system, the more that it starts to really respond to, um, you know, whatever environment I'm in. So right now I'm currently in London and there's, a, I mean, there's among all of the different kind of environmental crises going on, um, there's definitely like a biodiversity crisis and with the air pollution as well that is in London um your body responds to that and, and my body at the moment um is really trying to call for and create more of these green spaces that can help the communities um that are in in these environments and there are victims of of those injustices that you know because of the way that the systems has been built out to be it's just oppressing the the more marginalized and lower income communities and and you can see that specifically in a lot of different areas but I think because I guess how our body feels sometimes can feel very abstract um sometimes these issues aren't really like at the forefront of our consciousness so um my work has really been to get people to to demyst dem demystify the body more um just so that we we know how it is that the environmental crisis is also like a healthcare crisis. It's, um, you know, this is a humanity crisis. So we need to really, um, I guess, know what we're fighting for. And for me, that comes with education. That's so interesting. And I really appreciate you explaining how the environment affects your body and your mind. And on that note, I'd love to know, are there ways that you would recommend for people to get more in touch with their bodies and maybe the way that the environment is affecting them, how their lifestyle is affecting them? Can you tell me more about that and maybe share any tips that you have for people who want to get more in touch with themselves and learn more about these issues as well? Yeah. So, I mean, 
whenever I run, so I run ecosomatics workshops. And if you've never heard of the term ecosomatics, it's basically an understanding of uh, soma, uh, which translates to body within the environment that it's in. So um, it's a mixture between somatics and deep ecology. Whenever I run workshops, I, I sort of try to first um, allow people to really come into their bodies like we normally I think work from such a mental and intellectual space and very sort of high up <laughs> high up in our heads and high up in the clouds that um we don't feel uh what it's like to be in our bodies and and what that you know what that sense and what that relationship is so we go through a sort of somatic development to get people back into their bodies and then sort of explore the different the different things that they're feeling or sensing or even not feeling because um, something that I really like to highlight as well is that not feeling is still a sensation. Numbness is still a sensation. Um, and it's very often like attributed to sort of like that fight and flight response. And it's more of that freeze element. And that's the the numbness that sort of comes up um, because your, your body is sort of sort of locked in that freeze mode. Um, so exploring how your body feels and your relationship to it, um, just by kind of going through the senses um, and noticing like what areas are coming into your awareness and what are the different kind of um, attributes that are the different um, stimulants that are coming through in that, like the qualities and naming them is really important, being able to recognize them and like build a language with it. Because oftentimes we don't actually have that language. That relationship has really been severed and lost in the way that we don't know how to both, you know, interact with our bodies and form a relationship to it. And in the same way that parallels with how we interact with the nature around us and like the how we form a language with the earth like how often do you go up to a tree and ask it how it is it's it's probably the same amount of times that maybe you might ask how a certain limb in your body feels um and usually until we feel like a sever severity of pain do we realize oh actually I'm feeling this way but oftentimes your body is giving you little cues and signals of pay attention to this or this is coming up so I think being able to build up that sort of sensory development and sensory awareness, you're able to um, kind of build that language. And also with that language comes communication, comes understanding. You get to build like a deeper sense of empathy. Um, so I sort of tried, I'm not sure if I hopefully answered the question, but I try to like really imbue the message that it takes time to build that relationship. But when you come into your body, um, the sense of time disappears because time becomes this sort of circular phenomenon that um, gets sort of suspended within space and your body is composed of space. So when you're looking at um, the cellular atoms of how your body functions within quantum physics, um, even though you're made up of a lot of different kind of elements, when you keep looking through that, all you see and all you get is space. Um, so I think being able to play with those concepts more um, and kind of delve deeper into that spaciousness of the body allows that sort of, I guess, urgency to collapse so that you're really able to explore the feelings and emotions without this fear of, you know, having to heal or having to um, 
like, I guess, um, come out of something because you need to do X, especially when you're looking at it from the narrative of, of the climate crisis. I think we need to go deeper into that space of, of deep healing and deep compassion. And for me, I feel like the body and also in, in connection with the earth holds a lot of that that space. And, and I guess that that area for miracles, because I do believe in miracles and magic in that way. I haven't heard about so much of this, and I'm so glad that I get to talk with you and share all of this information. And I have another question for you. So I've talked with climate activists for this podcast about climate anxiety, and I would love to get your thoughts on that topic. I know this is a big issue for climate activists who are working on this issue and they know so much about climate change and that can be really difficult and so as someone who is in touch with your body's relationship to the earth and to nature i'd love to talk with you about that issue do you ever feel climate anxiety and do you have any advice for people who may be experiencing those emotions yeah i mean i think climate anxiety climate emotions I think being able to view things um, within a spectrum, um, and I always say this, like with any with anything that you feel, um, whether it be uh, physical or whether it be from a more uh, subtle point of view. So with your emotions, it's going to be um, it's just a stimulus. It's information. It's data that you're processing in the way that your systems, your your bodily systems, know how, and it gets translated into how you know how to describe that emotion or that physical symptom so it's all data and it's all language and it's all information so if we can if we can get that data if we can view that information without the judgment of is it bad is it good is it wrong is it right then i think we're able to actually give ourselves a little bit more of that space that i was talking about where um we have more of uh more grace to sort of explore things without kind of like a binary of of trying to fix something or trying to solve it and just allow us ourselves to experience that emotion or maybe that grief that might be coming up for us um with which a lot of the time I think you know if we view things with a, a sort of judgment of oh this emotion might be feeling um might be making you feel bad or wrong um, there's this sort of sense of of saviorism that comes up of okay, I need to fix it uh, because I need to you know change the state of which I am. And I mean, one of my one of my spiritual teachers says that one of the things that we're most addicted to is changing our state of consciousness um, of being um, you know if we're sad, we want to be happy. Um, but can you just let yourself be sad? Like, can you just experience that moment in its fullness? And I think oftentimes with climate emotions, that's a lot of where that alchemy can really come in is actually in get, let, letting yourself experience the full spectrum of the emotion that's coming in. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, my one practice of whenever something really does come up, um, not to approach it with fear, but with curiosity and a sense of sort of allowing and acceptance um, so that that way I can process things. And your body is so intelligent. Like as much as we can educate ourselves about our physiology and our anatomy and um, within psychology of how our body mind works, being able to trust in that deep, deep somatic intelligence that's within you to alchemize, to process things um, and to transform it. I think there's a lot of power in, in not knowing and just allowing. But I think 
to do that, you just need to be in the experience rather than, you know, trying to control it. <laughs> so hopefully that helps. I think that point about not assigning judgment as far as wrong, right, good, bad, I think that's such an interesting idea. And I think it's great advice for people who may be overwhelmed about climate or really any other issue. And I'm going to ask you to share a little bit more advice now. There are lots of young people who want to create change and they want to make a difference, but they may not know how or maybe where to get started. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? Um, I feel like sometimes the not knowing where we can put our sort of energy and power comes from um this feel this feeling of overwhelm perhaps because there are a lot of um there are a lot of issues a lot of it like systemic issues that we might want to solve and the thing is is like it's all intersectional like all issues um and all injustices are connected so being able to kind of focus in on what it is that makes you feel joyful because a part of this revolution and part of the systemic change comes from actually bringing our joy and our love to things because that's the kind of attention that transformation requires and when you're able to bring that in of you know what is something that you can absolutely do with joy and happiness and love not that it will always be that way, but something that is absolutely at the core of that. Um, and then bring it in with some, um, you know, systemic change that you see that you can apply yourself to. I think merging those two and and finding the middle ground is a really powerful way to start um, and just see what you're naturally inclined in doing. Like, what are what are the skills you, you have? What are the interests you have? What are you good at? Or, you know, maybe not what you're good at, but what are you willing to learn? Um, and and just, just starting there, um, knowing that you as an individual do have a lot of power to make a difference, but also that you are part of this wider network and wider system. Um, so there is, of course, personal individual change and um, it's a it's a personal evolution that I think each of us are responsible for. Um, but when we're able to then connect that to the wider systemic um, uh, network of how all of these issues interact, I think that's where a lot of the magic and transformation can happen because we're working as as a community for a community. I learned so much about the relationship between the body, the mind, and nature through this conversation with Kalpana, and she discussed some topics that I really hadn't considered. And I want to emphasize her point about making sure the work you're doing brings you joy. If you're enjoying what you're doing, it will be stimulating in so many ways, including mentally, physically, emotionally, and intellectually. We should focus on getting in tune with ourselves in as many ways as possible, because that is the best way to avoid anxiety and overthinking about these important but scary issues, like climate change. In order to do all of this work and make change, Kalpana is prioritizing those aspects of her life that bring her joy. And we can all take a page out of her book, because change comes when you figure out what makes you joyful. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can find Kalpana on Instagram at arias, A L 
E-J-A, to get connected with her. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.